Welcome back to another episode of Legally Unfiltered. My name is Richard Sprinkle. I'm an attorney, and I'm here with attorney Franz Borghardt. We're discussing issues in the news and issues that may affect your life, and they always have a little legal twist to them. Today we're talking about artificial intelligence. We promised you this episode a while back. Artificial intelligence is coming into the legal field in a big way. It helps uh, It helps make decisions in civil cases. It helps greatly with legal research. Ask any clerk out there. But it's also coming into the criminal element, an area where you normally wouldn't expect computers to be making decisions. Now they are. They're making decisions based on someone's past, what what their likelihood of recidivism may be, whether they're parole eligible, what type of sentence they may be uh, 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 imposed with. And it's kind of interesting. Franz has done a lot of research on this. So Franz, take it away. Tell me what's going on. So this all started for me. I was asked to give a presentation to the Louisiana Tech Park on artificial intelligence in the criminal justice system. Um, I am not a tech guy, Richard. I, am, I have a degree in English literature and classical Latin before I went to law school. So I'm a flowery literature guy, but not necessarily a tech guy, but I thought it was an interesting topic. So that caused me to do some research. And then basically I did in February of 2018, I did a a blog that you can find, ladies and gentlemen, not to plug my own website, but you can find it on the Borkhart Law Firm um, website. But the blog dealt with decision-making in the criminal justice system. And, and, And here's the landscape of where we are. Decision-making comes in many different forms in the criminal justice system. It can start with, are we going to let this person that's accused out on bond? How much of a bond are we going to set? Are we going to let them out while their criminal cases are pending, or are we going to detain them? That being said, it can also come into play with regard to, let's say there's a resolution where there's a guilty plea or a finding of guilt where the judge is trying to calculate or assess whether or not to put the person in jail, whether or not to put them on probation, you know, what what kind of risks do they impose? So what we're talking about with AI is artificial intelligence. We're talking about use of algorithms to make human decisions. Okay. Now, another component of this, Richard, is there has been speculation that this kind of technology could be used in the form of jury work and making decisions based on wanting to remove the most flawed, the perceived flawed component of our jury system, which is the fact that jurors are, quote unquote, human beings. Well, what do I mean by that? Human beings carry inside of them bias in their decision making. No. And try as we might to remove to ferret out to find that bias in the voir dire process, try as we might, inevitably as humans, we also as lawyers fall short sometimes. So the theory is is that possibly there may be a, a day in the future where human beings are replaced in terms of the jury box with artificial intelligence, supercomputers that make decisions. Now, that's a far stretch. That isn't being done yet. That opens up a can of constitutional questions that we're not going to go to. Let's go back to the, the realm of what is happening today. We know we know that in courts across the country, um, especially using, you know, especially using algorithms, we know that there are some judges in some places that their decisions in terms of pretrial release, post-conviction sentencing is, is, is affected by what artificial intelligence, a software program, tells them. 
Okay. Now they make the decision, but a recommendation is given. And now, now the interesting thing and what I love about the criminal justice system, and, and Richard's heard me say this time and time again, the criminal justice system is all about taking calculated risks. Okay. Well, what do I mean by that? At some point in every criminal case, a decision has to be made about whether or not to let somebody out of jail, whether or not to leave them in jail, whether or not to probate them, whether or not to have a case dismissed or not dismissed. And when I say calculated risk, we all try to take as much data in as we can to say, okay, Richard's accused of a crime. Is Richard the kind of person that we need to take a risk on? Does society need to take a risk on on Richard? And we know that we take risk, calculated risk in the justice system, because we don't throw everybody in jail forever. Okay. I mean, that, that makes sense, right? So, so we're balancing that human factor of making calculated risk with this new super technology where we can have some flawless or unbiased or what we believe to be flawless and unbiased computer system making recommendations on that. Okay. And the thought is, well, on the one hand, we're taking out the imperfection of humanity in this decision. The problem is, is you talk to most, you talk to most AI programmers or people that deal with that software, and there's an inherent flaw with this theory. So these software packages that use AI and they use algorithms, who who designs them? People. And people design them with their own inherent biases. That's right. So even in a, in a, in a perfect world where a computer is spitting out where well, Richard's accused of a crime based on Richard's socioeconomic history and based on all this data, his education, his prior criminal record and all this stuff, this is what we think, or this is what the computer thinks, that system, that computer, that artificial intelligence that uses an algorithm to make a recommendation to a judge may still be flawed. Well, it very well could. My Richard's socioeconomical background could be the exact same as the programmer's socioeconomical background. And is it likely that the programmer is going to pick on people of his own ilk when he's writing the algorithm? So the question becomes, how do you feel? And I'll ask the question to you, Richard. How do you feel about a computer program? Making a recommendation, rec- making a recommendation to a judge, and how do you feel about a judge relying on a computer program for recommendations? I don't have a problem with uh, a program making a recommendation that a judge looks at. Uh, judges look at all sorts of data. Um, look at look at the federal courts, for example. They are stuck with these strict sentencing guidelines. And how many times have we heard judges say this this isn't really where this should be? But I'm stuck with a guideline. I have to make a decision on. Do you think there's a benefit to the human component? of decision making. I do. I mean, my concern about and look, I don't disagree with you. I like the idea of of being able to have lots of different tools in my toolbox to make a decision. Sure. And if the data can chop the wood down, that's that's one. Right, right. So my fear, though, is can, you know, human beings surprise us sometimes. Take, for example, the drug addict that defies the odds of becoming sober and clean that on all accounts will likely never get clean. Mm -hmm. Or take, for example, the mental health issues that a human being may have that if receiving if receiving proper medication or if they go to treatment or counseling, they might be able to live a normal life. Now, now I call these the defying the odds scenario because human beings sometimes defy odds and they and they become better different people right if, if anybody's ever been privileged enough to watch uh, a, a drug court 
case go through, you'll see people who defy the odds and who oftentimes turn things around. Now, if they stay on the same course, then they're going to do wonderful. If they fall back to their previous ways, they won't. But you do see it happen. Right. So so to some degree, I like the idea of human beings making a decision. And I worry that some of these programs, let's put to the side their bias, let's put to the side the, the inherent flaws in the humans that are, are designing the programs. My worry is, is, is it too easy to rely on these programs and take away the human element? I am absolutely uncomfortable with a jury being replaced by a computer. A computer might be able to play chess. A computer might be able to sing and so- sing a song and create a piece of art, but I am uncomfortable with the the judicial system. Your right to a fair trial, a right to a jury trial, being replaced by twelve independent computers. I'm uncomfortable with that, and I think that that's just not where we're ever going to be. Um, you know, there's been there's been case studies where where. There's been case studies where they've used MRI machines to detect bias in the human brain. Mm-hmm. They, they watch the, 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 the human brain light up like a pinball machine when different biases and emotions are experienced. And there, there was conversations about, well, you know, we know that the biases are sometimes happening on a subconscious level. So even in our best efforts, we can't remove that from a jury system. But in the same breath, that's OK. You know, to, to some degree in the fact that we're all imperfect creatures, there will be perfection in that, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And that's why there's more than one person sitting in the jury box. You don't have to rely on the right. biases of one. So, so we just thought, you know, look, artificial intelligence is being used in a few states and a few courts. Um, I think it, it's going to be continued to be used. We know that artificial intelligence is being used in law enforcement. You know, we, we it's kn- been used in the insurance industries and banking industries for years. You, do you really think when you apply for a new credit card that some guy actually reads your application and gives you a thumbs up or thumbs down? Good God, no. It's, it's a computer program that makes a decision in a split second. I feel about as comfortable about that as I feel about as comfortable with the fact that if I say that I'm looking to buy a new cell phone case, that on my social media, the new cell phone cases are advertised by Amazon on Facebook. I'm, Look, I, you yeah. should trust social media as much as you trust gas station sushi. Put that on the books wait, right wait, now. Wait, you don't eat su- sushi from gas stations? <laughs> so we, we just wanted to broach this topic. Tom would be so upset. Oh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, there is a fantastic sushi. I mean, this is not a podcast about sushi in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but if you're ever in Baton Rouge, I would be remiss to not mention Umami as one of the best sushi places, and it's a, the antithesis of, of gas station um, <laughs> sushi. But, but needless to say, look, we know that this is being used. We thought it would be a good topic to talk about just to get you guys to start thinking about how would you feel about a judge? Now, look, the way this works functionally is normally when I'm asking for bond relief or when I'm asking for a sentencing, I'm the one looking at a judge and I gather up mitigation and I organize it and I present it. I advocate for my client to either get out of jail or not to be put in jail. And so, and so, to some degree, I, I don't want to be hypocritical because to some degree, if the artificial intelligence algorithm spits out, hey, leave Franz's client out of jail, he'll be great on probation. I'm probably going to be on board with that. Sure. Yeah. But my concern is, once again, my concern circling back is, is I have seen success stories that defy common sense and logic. 
that if we were taking bets on whether or not Susie or Tommy were going to be successful, you know, we might bet against them, but it's good that we didn't. So that being said, that's about it for this episode of Legally Unfiltered. This is attorney Franz Borkart, along with attorney Richard Sprinkle. Just wanted to sprinkle in a little bit, no pun intended. Uh Wanted to sprinkle in a little bit of artificial intelligence into the criminal justice system. Uh, Stay tuned. We may do some follow-up work on this, but have a great day and thank you for listening. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.